It is a privilege to be here this morning. One of the great privileges of our lives is to raise young people in the church with their church family and to watch them answer their call. It is. It puts feet to the scripture, I have called you by name, you are mine. Uh, and, and imagine how much more God calls us by name, even when our hearts overflow with love for those that we call by name. And you will learn Molly's name quickly uh, if you don't know her already. Our second reading this morning is from the letter titled Hebrews. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but you should sometime if you want uh, the cliff notes of the Old Testament. That's what chapter 11 in Hebrews is. And it's a litany of faithful saints starting with Abel and Noah and going all the way through the Old Testament. I'm going to pick it up at verse 32, which is after we've exhausted kind of the specific saints that people or that the writer was talking about. Listen for the living word of God. And what more should I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah of David, and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. Yet all of these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had promised, God had provided something better, so that they would not, without us, be perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, this could be, well, one of the earliest A-lists ever written. When we read the whole section of that text, we encounter many of our A-list faith celebrities. Abel, Abel, Noah, uh, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac. Jacob, Joseph, Moses, even the prostitute Rahab makes the A-list. But A-lists can be pretty intimidating. 
especially for those of us who make it to church on a Sunday morning by kind of skidding through the door at the very last minute, hoping to goodness that our kids have on shoes and underwear. And yes, there's a real story there. (laughs) And praying that no one finds out that the last words out of our mouth were stop hitting your sister and go to Sunday school. Yeah. Many of us. When we make it through the door on Sunday morning, feel like we're way closer to the D list than we are to the A list. But I love this passage. I love these stories. And I love that when you read the stories carefully, these A-listers are real people, not perfect people. But I also wonder where on earth I fit in the list Because I've certainly not conquered kingdoms. I haven't acted as a judge, negotiated promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raising fires, escaped the edge of a sword, won strength out of weakness, become mighty in war, or put foreign armies to flight. I have not known anyone who was resurrected. I have never been stoned, sawn, killed, persecuted, tormented, well, except for Molly's youth group. And thanks be to God, I've never had to wander deserts or mountains or live in holes or caves in the ground. But it's hard to see where I fit in this list. Now, we know, don't we, that Molly will be A-list, right? At least today, Molly, before you're ordained, (laughs) we know that you'll be A-list But one of these days, Molly, you're going to preach a sermon and half your congregation is going to love it and the other half is going to threaten to leave the church over it. And you're going to get mired down in changing the toner in the copier because the secretary is on vacation or sweeping up broken tiles in the classroom because there's a meeting in 10 minutes and the custodian doesn't come till afternoon. You will feel far less than A-list. When you're looking for the key for the water spigot so the volunteer can pressure wash. Chasing the snakes through the sanctuary that crawl out of the bouquet of flowers on Sunday morning. (laughs) Molly, you will chat with students who come and go in four years and you'll wonder if you said anything of importance. You will serve religiously, so to speak, in a culture that seems to have less and less use for religion. You will wonder way more than once, if you are making a difference. And I promise you, there will be days that living in a cave looks really good. (laughs) There certainly will be times that you won't feel like you're making that A-list. But who does? Who makes the A-list of faithful saints? How good do you have to be? And is it even possible for us to make that list? Abraham made the list, and and Sarah should be attached to him because she was attached to him. And frankly, it was probably Sarah's really hard work that enabled Abraham and his servants and his livestock to pick up and move from their hometown and go to someplace God hasn't told us yet, but we'll find. It was also Sarah who actually gave birth to Isaac at age 99 so that God's promise to make Abraham the father of of heirs that outnumber the stars might actually happen. These were indeed people of great faith. They were shining (laughs) examples, right? 
Surely God could have stopped there. But then there's Moses. And his mother ensured his survival, and eventually he was the servant of God that helped free the Hebrew people from Egyptian slavery. And there were burning bushes and staffs that turned into serpents and then turned back into staffs and the parting of the seas, defeating the Pharaoh's army. Another shining example, but God didn't stop there either. Even Rahab made the A-list. Rahab, this prostitute who heard all these stories of the defeat of the Pharaoh's army. And when the men were sent into Jericho by Joshua to view the land, the king found out and he demanded that Rahab turn these spies over to him. But instead, she spoke her conviction that the Lord your God is indeed God in heaven above and on earth below. And she hid the spies, protecting them from the king. So when the army of Israel came back into Jericho, Rahab and her family were spared. This woman was caught between two sides, two groups of men who could easily have killed her for anything. But she acted on her faith that God was God. But God didn't stop there. David reunited the kingdom. Solomon built the temple. The prophets spoke God's word to God's people. God even comes to us incarnate in Jesus Christ, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And we get to see and understand in Christ, and as we look at Christ, who God is and what God's kingdom of shalom really looks like. And if you don't know exactly what shalom is, well, you can ask Molly because she just graduated really recently and she'll be able to tell you. But before you get distracted thinking about when you're going to catch her and ask her that, I want you to remember that God did not even stop with Jesus. Paul spread the good news of the gospel across Europe and Asia. For generations after Paul, people practiced remarkable faith. In my lifetime, names like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Corey Tinboom, Martin Luther King, Mother Teresa, are a few of the giants of faith that I have watched. But God still hasn't said, let's stop there. Because then there was Harold. And Harold was the consummate Presbyterian. He loved the PCUSA. He loved Presbytery meetings. And that's where I first met Harold. Harold lived a remarkable life of faithful service. He was described as an engineer of everything, deeply connected with people, constantly serving in word and action, knowing how to play with family and friends, and having the gift of something to say, but seldom saying anything negative or hurtful. Harold was mature in his faith. And had the writer of the book of Hebrews known Harold, Harold definitely would have been written on the A-list, which probably would have been known at the time as the P-list for Presbyterian, right? Could God have stopped even with Harold? Most certainly, but Harold is Molly's grandfather, and we would have hated to stop there. 
But God didn't stop there, and God won't stop with Molly. And that shows us that it is possible for us to make the A-list of faithful servants. We really already have. Did you listen carefully to the reading in Hebrews? We're there. You're there. Yet all of these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. Whole, complete is what that perfect word means. We are part of this great cloud of witnesses. Some have come before, some will come after, but we are all part of God's great plan, frankly, whether we know it or not, whether we're able to believe in God or not, whether we can articulate our faith or whether we come sit in the pew and hope that today's the day we get it. We are part of God's great plan, and we are all necessary for each other. If the writer of Hebrews had known the Latin abbreviation et al., which indicates a longer unnamed list, I think the writer would have used it. He appears to be talking to a congregation that's in some kind of crisis, which honestly surprises me at some level because you would think that the second generation after Jesus' church would kind of get it. (laughs) But they are human, just like we are human. And we all struggle to run this race that is set before us. Our race is not going to look like Abraham's. It's not going to look like Rahab's. It's not going to look like Harold's. Our race is in this time and place. And we see the faith of the people that have come before us in this Hebrews text, but we also see the faith of the people who have come before us in our lives, people who have nurtured our faith, people that we have looked up to, people who have inspired and supported our journey. But we have to remember that the race we will run is not determined by those who have gone before or judged by how they did things. Because our part of the journey is with a people in a place in the here and now. Our guide is the pioneer and perfecter, Jesus Christ. And boy, we'll make mistakes as the et al., as disciples seeking to live faithfully in today's world. But the good news of the gospel here is that we don't determine God's success or failure. Instead, we take our place as part of the whole, knowing that we are not made complete. We are not played whole. We are not made perfect without each other. So Molly, today as you answer your call to ordination to the office of minister of word and sacrament, people of God, as you answer your call to service to be faithful students, to be faithful parents, employees, family members, as we all answer our call to serve God's church and to serve all God's children outside the doors of this church, We need to listen to Isaiah's words. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you.
I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you will not be burned. And the flame will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. No one ever promises that this life of trust in God is easy. The faith in that God who is with us sustained the A-list in Hebrews. That faith sustained Harold. That faith will sustain Molly. That faith sustained and will sustain the et al. Now and forevermore. Let us pray. Holy One of Israel, aware of our call to follow you in service to others, we are anxious that we are just not good enough, not faithful enough, not strong enough. But this day, O Lord, we commit ourselves to the task knowing that we are yours and that we will not ultimately be overwhelmed and that we will not be consumed. Because you are the Lord, our God, the Holy One of Israel, our Savior. We give our hearts and our lives to you this day. Amen.